0: The Individual Investor Show. You want it all, don't you? You hear one thing, they all need money. Now let's see if they're brave enough to earn it.
1: Hello and welcome to the Individual Investor Show. My name is Jennifer Shear, your host for this afternoon. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you all had a wonderful week. I don't know about you, but when I was younger, banks would market CDs to families with young children stating that they were safe investments that you could put your money in. However, no one ever talked about using short and ultra short-term bond funds to combat high interest rates. And because of market volatility, people are now flocking towards income investing strategies like dividends and bonds, which keep their money working for them, but also promise safety and security. Tonight's event is the Individual Investor Show Combating High Interest Rates with Short Term Bond Funds. For this episode, we chat with AAII finance writer Matt Bachkowski about his latest article in the July 2022 issue of the AAII journal, The Benefits and Risks of Short Term Bond Funds, where he explains how income seeking investors might capture high yields through bonds, especially short term bonds, this year. We also discuss the pros and cons of investing in short term bond funds why short-term bonds carry less interest rate risk than longer-term bonds, as well as how to effectively evaluate a short-term bond fund before investing. But before we jump in, I do want to preface tonight's presentation by reminding our viewers that AAII is a nonprofit educational group and is not a financial advisor, and thus is not able to give personal advice. Every investor is different. That's why our goal with each broadcast and article is to educate you on how to make better financial decisions. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy our presentation. You know, you know, before you know, we get into specifics. I did want to ask you. So, you know, what is a short-term bond fund? Can you give me a little bit of information and in background?
0: Sure. Uh, so, you know, a fund is a fund. So, we're still talking about a professionally managed collection of assets. Um, you know, the same way a, a fund of equities uh, exists. Um, So specifically here we're talking about categories of short term bonds. Um, For us, that's based off of uh, Morningstar's categories, because that's where we get our our data from. Um, So in this case, short term is specifically referring to uh, the duration of the bond. And for Morningstar, that typically is one to three and a half years, Um, and that's relative to their three-year average of their uh, Morningstar's core bond index that they maintain. Um, and then as far as, there's, there's two main categories for short-term bonds, and that's short-term bonds and then short-term government bonds. Um, the short-term bond category is uh, corporate and investment grade US bonds. And then the short government category is just specifically um, funds that have at least 90% of their holdings um, in bonds that are backed by the U.S. government or or a government-linked agency.
1: Makes sense. And, you know, you start your article highlighting the fact that, you know, income-seeking investors have had the opportunity this year to capture high yields through bonds, uh, including short-term bonds. So, you know, why is this the case? And if if you could give us a little clarity on uh, on this occurrence.
0: Yeah. So, you know, in general... um, it's been an extended period of time since uh, the last major recession it's, you know, at the end of the last decade. Um, it's been an extended period of time of yields for bonds being extremely low. Um, and that's based off uh, interest rates being very, very low uh, historically. Um, kind of hard to believe, but uh, back in the, the 1980s, um, U.S. treasury yields were, were in the double digits at times. Um, you know, just in the beginning of this year, uh, the one-year treasury yield was 0.4% and a three-year was 1.04%. Uh, so for the last decade or so, um, investors have kind of had uh, in their search for, for return and return at a premium, they've really had to turn towards riskier assets. Um, because interest rates being so low, bond yields were were also low. Um, you know what's changed um, this year, all of a sudden, as everybody knows, inflation is incredibly high. And so the Fed is raising interest rates to uh, combat to combat that. Um, and anytime interest rates, interest rates and price for bonds are inversely related. So anytime interest rates go up, Prices go down, um, and in the ratio that is yield, um, that causes yields
1: to go up. Makes sense. Thank you. I appreciate you. You kind of giving us a little background on that. And you know, um, you know, you mentioned. You know, I wanted to ask you. How, so how how do investors use bond f- funds specifically in their asset allocation? So how does AII uh, talk about it, or how do how do you how would you recommend investors use these into um, their advantage?
0: Yeah. So our asset allocation strategies they focus on using mutual funds and ETFs because um, it's the it's a investing in, a, in low cost passive index funds is is kind of yet to be proven as a beatable strategy or is beatable by any active strategy over uh, a long term uh, period. Um, so you know it's 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 just part of it starts with an asset allocation. Um, And any good asset allocation involves some diversification, uh, because through diversification, you can eliminate a large amount of risk in in your portfolio. Um, You know, you could be eliminating risk simply by owning a diversified amount of stock, or um, you could enhance that diversification by being invested in different sets of assets um so the same way you'd perhaps want to be invested in some international stock uh, and domestic stocks because they're less correlated they don't move the same way when the overall market moves Um, bonds uh, are less correlated with stocks so you know when stocks are doing slightly worse bonds uh, have tended to do a bit better um so really, uh, investors' interest in bonds um, comes from wanting to have a diversified uh, portfolio. Um, and then especially especially when we're looking at conservative strategies, um, bonds are less volatile than, than stocks and than equities um, for a given year. So when you're looking at are I think it's our moderate and our conservative asset allocations. Um, those are what have some short-term bond allocations uh, in them, um, and that's specifically because those investment uh, timelines are shorter. So the the less time you have um, to to hold those assets, um, you know, the the less volatility typically you want. Because uh, one of the worst things that could happen is you have a major down year right before you um, enter retirement and stop producing income. Um, So, you know, bonds preserve the principal and they give you some income as compensation for having that money locked up. Um, You know, when we're looking at a more aggressive allocation, um, we still have bonds in there, but they're intermediate. Um, So you can kind of stomach that longer risk that comes with uh, a longer holding period.
1: That makes sense. And that's good that you know we have um, you know those asset allocation models that you know investors can take a look at and everything to see if you know and then they can customize it to their own needs based on you know, yeah, if like you mentioned, you know if you're uh, moderate, conservative or aggressive, uh, especially depending on your retirement, um, when that will be and you know uh, how close you are. Yeah. Um, and then I did want to ask you, um you know if an event if an investor is on the fence, um, why would they want to choose a bond fund over an individual bond?
0: I think it's for the same reasons that you would choose a a stock fund over owning an individual stock. Um, it's it's you know there's there's lots of stories about uh, selecting winning stocks, um, but the reality is it's very very hard to have a long term strategy that. Uh, gives you the kind of returns that um, as an individual investor you could achieve just by holding uh, the entire market in an index fund. Um, And the nice thing about owning a fund, right, is that someone professional is doing all the work for you. They have access to more data. Um, They have just in general, more resources to devote to to pursuing a strategy. Um, And with, So when we look, it's the same kind of principle that applies to owning a a bond fund as opposed to a bond. Um, You know, the funds are going to compete against each other, so they're going to be competing on expense. Um, You know, Vanguard really ushered that in with the idea that if you invested in a a passive index fund, um, the best way to raise return was to lower the bottom um, and lower expenses. So You know, another part of owning funds is that if you were to buy a bond directly, um, unless you decided to sell that bond, um, you know, hopefully at a a premium to what you bought it at, um, you know, you're going to have to, that money, that principal you invested is going to be locked up for the bond's maturity. Uh, Anytime you're dealing with, especially ETFs, more so than mutual funds um, there's better liquidity, um, so it'll be easier for you to get in and out of your investment um, if you need to for whatever reason um, so it kind of just comes down to you know being realistic with how committed you are to uh, managing your own assets um, and being realistic with the amount of knowledge you have and uh, ability you know uh, i'm not truly really sure i could buy and manage a bond portfolio but there's plenty of people that can uh and do so professionally
1: that makes sense but yeah like you said you know do you have the resources do you you know do you have even the, have the time or want to have the time to do this you know if you want to just rely on somebody else's yeah expertise in that in that subject so that makes sense And um, I have some questions, let's see, I'm gonna skip over some questions because you've asked them, you know, answered them earlier on, which was great. But I did want to, you know, focus, you know, your article, um, you know, is titled The Benefits and Risks of Short-Term Bond Funds. So I wanted to go into that. So could you highlight, uh, you've already highlighted a few, but could you go into a little bit more of the benefits of short-term bond funds? And then um, on the the follow-up, you know, we'll go over some risks as well.
0: Sure, yeah, Um, so we kind of touched on the benefit of owning Bonds through funds just now, um, but so really, when we're talking about the benefits of short-term bond funds, um, you're kind of talking about the benefits of owning short-term bonds. Um, and the biggest benefit of short-term bonds is that bonds is that they're they're less sensitive to interest rates, um, and this is because they have shorter times to maturity. Um, you know, typically, what you'd expect is that a, a Bond risk increases with time. Um, the so as a the longer maturity a bond has, it has to offer higher yields uh, as compensation for investors to to lock up their that capital, that principle they've invested for a longer period of time. You know, uh, in a normal economic uh, setting, we'd expect inflation to go up over time. And so, if you're investing in at a fixed um, in a in an asset with a a fixed uh, interest rate um, it has to be higher uh, to compensate for that in in inflation over time so and because inflation changes um, that's kind of the the given uncertainty um, especially with u.s treasuries Um, you know with corporate bonds there's also the concept of uh, credit quality uh, and so, you know, if we're talking about the, the benefits of short-term bonds, uh, U.S. Treasuries, it's that you don't have to worry so much about uh, inflation because in um, it, it, it doesn't have to pay out a larger premium. Um, and then as far as looking at short-term corporate bonds, you know, the risk is that the, the issuer uh, defaults. Um, so you know, the, the less period of time you have to wait to get that principal back, uh, you know, the less risk there is that, you know, that issue issuer defaults. Um, as far as um, the risks of investing in short-term bonds, um, I found that the, perhaps the, the biggest kind of risk in, risk in looking at short-term bond funds was that there was a smaller pool of options um, you know, the, the, the fund industry is more so focused on equities, um, which makes sense. Um, it, it, it's easier to follow and market an active strategy, especially for mutual funds and equities. Um, and also even in, in bonds, right? If you wanted to have a more active strategy, um, you'd expect that in mutual funds. ETFs historically are really useful for their their passive uh, index strategies. Um, so there there really there just isn't a a lot of options um, when you're looking when you're trying to decide uh, and look at the performance of of these funds that invest in short-term bonds. Um, a number of the ETFs are so new that um, they didn't even have five-year performance. Uh, and so, you know, the, the kind of best judge or comparison of performance is to go as long-term as possible. You know, it doesn't predict the future. Um, but that's kind of your best proxy for stability, maybe, of management and uh, what they're doing. Um, so just, you know, that there are such a small uh, kind of pool to choose from um, I found that to kind of be the, the largest risk, or, or I guess a prominent risk, maybe not the largest, but otherwise the risk then comes also then from just expenses. Um, you know, uh, again, cause as mentioned earlier, you know, the, the funds are competing against each other. Um, and especially if they're index funds, uh, the performance is only going to vary so much. So what you're looking at there is, um expenses um so you know the risk is that the management is maybe inefficient uh, and they're spending a lot for what they're doing and then perhaps on the mutual fund side um or both i guess but it would be whatever if the management has a lot of turnover um and they're passing on costs from capital gains to you uh, that would be another risk you'd have to worry about especially if you're not Holding these funds in a uh, uh, if you're if you're holding the funds in a taxable account.
1: That makes sense. That's really good to you know be aware of before you you know jump into short-term bond funds because you know a lot of people are probably you know really looking for opportunities right now to battle interest rates. So that's good to know that there are you know significant risks, um, but there are a lot of benefits too. Um, I did want to ask you. So, you know, um, we talk about bond maturity dates a lot. And so I just wanted, you know, for those who may not be as familiar with, you know, just the bond investing as a whole, um, can you give us a little background on what bond maturity dates are and what um, and how that relates to short term bond funds?
0: Yeah. So, luckily, uh, maturity is really easy to understand. Um, it just refers to the number of years. Um, that the issuer is gonna hold on to your principal before paying it back. So that also means it's the number of years that they're gonna be paying uh, interest to you. So um, a, a 10-year bond has a 10-year maturity. Uh, it's, it's that simple. Um, where it gets a little more tricky is um, where you get into duration. Uh, I mentioned earlier that Morningstar uses duration uh, to calculate the, or to to, to to frame what is the category short term. Um, duration um, goes back to that idea that interest rates and bond prices, um, they don't move, uh, they move in opposite directions. So, you know, again, when interest rates go up, prices of bonds go down. Um, so, duration is, it, what it looks at is it looks at how long it'll take a bond to pay back its cost, um, not just the principal as the maturity does, but it, it takes into account also the the total cash flow from the bond. so it's those interest payments. Um, so you know generally the higher the duration of a bond or a bond fund, um, which will just have an average duration based on the assets it, assets it holds. Um, the, the more its price will drop uh, as interest rates rise. The duration is, is uh, both a kind of a time um, to cover the total cost, but it's also then uh, a measure of how sensitive uh, a bond is to, to changes in interest rates. Um, You know, uh, there's kind of a general rule when it comes to duration that for for every 1% increase or decrease in interest rates, a bond's price will change approximately 1% in the the direction for every year of duration it has. Um, So a short-term bond would have a a shorter duration uh, just as it has a shorter time to maturity. And again, like I said before, that would mean that it has... uh, less sensitivity to changes in interest rates.
1: No. And, um, you know, in the, in your article, you know, you talk about ultra short short bond funds as well. Um, so how do they differ from short-term bond funds? Is it specifically the maturity dates or is it something else?
0: Yeah. I mean, it really is just the maturity dates
1: again. Um,
0: you know, it's again, it's through Morningstar's category definition, they're looking at duration. So, uh, ultra-short bonds uh, for Morningstar are basically anything with a duration that's under one year. Uh, Earlier I said short-term bonds are one year to about 3.5 years in duration. So ultra-short bonds are less than a year. And because of that, they offer um, the the smallest amount of interest rate sensitivity um, and the lowest risk. but what that also means though is they offer the lowest um, total return potential. Um, You know, if you own a bond long-term, you'd hope that the the price would go up over time, Um, so you might also get some um, long-term capital returns from from that bond eventually, Um, but in ultra short, it doesn't, because it's so short, it doesn't offer that potential, but it's very, very safe, uh, of all the bond assets or, uh, bond categories. I should say.
1: So, so definitely, you know, people might be interested in that, you know, during this climate market climate, but then once, you know, if you're holding them, you know, in, in environment where, you know, you have the, you know, you can take a little bit more risk or that your, you know, individual preferences, you can take a little bit more risk, you know, um, then you might want to pick a different type of, uh, or like maybe a short term or an immediate term. So
0: yeah, if you were, um, I think if you were concerned about uh, holding on to cash, um, but you didn't want to lock it up for a long amount of time, um, you know that's what an ultra-short bond fund or an ultra-short bond would uh, work well as, is just a, a short-term investment where um, you know the principal is protected and you get a, a little bit of, of yield. Um, as opposed to just having something sit in cash and getting whatever small uh, market interest rate
1: uh, broker or bank provides, which is pretty much nothing right now. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, definitely definitely attractive uh, if you just yeah if you just don't want to be in cash. That's that's interesting. Um, and then you know in your article you kind of sum it all up with uh, talking about you know how can investors successfully evaluate bond funds before they invest. So can you give us a little clarity on that and what you found?
0: Yeah, um, so, because we're talking about bonds, um, there are some additional fields that uh, each bond has an average of based on its holdings. So that'll be average maturity, average duration, average credit quality, and average coupon. And a a coupon is what um, delineates uh, a bond's interest payment um so you know you want to look uh, at, at like bonds in the same category um you want to look at those in comparison um and then also additionally the expense ratio um you know again that's going to be a signal of management uh, efficiency um and when you're especially looking at index funds um, you know, that expense ratio is kind of the where you can kind of make up some margins of return. Um, but again, it's just like looking kind of at any fund. You want to look peer-to-peer and that long-term performance so long as they have it. Uh, but again, you know, any past performance is never a true predictor of future performance. Um, but you, yeah, if you're, you want to successfully kind of evaluate a bond fund, Um, Look at the expense ratio, the maturity, the duration, credit quality, and the the coupon.
1: Excellent. Those are are really good suggestions and recommendations for, you know, people who are wanting into, you know, bond fund investing and things like that. Um, You know, do you have any advice or last thoughts um, for investors who are considering short-term or ultra-short bond funds from uh, just writing the article and uh, doing your research?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, (laughs) you know, no matter how much research uh, or I do for an article, or uh, whatever i'm I'm learning from from books I'm reading. Uh, you know my my advice ultimately ends up always kind of being the same. Um, and that that's really just that you know consider bonds as part of your diversified allocation uh, strategy the best thing you can do as an individual investor is have a, a plan um, to know yourself and what you want and what you can achieve. Um, and then following a, a, a diversified strategy that is going to have a, a series of uncorrelated or less correlated uh, holding. Um, and um, on top of that, you know, don't um, try to time the market. Um I think it's, uh, this is an interesting time that for uh, increasing our interest and uh, in looking again at bonds as a investment vehicle, um, but there's no reason to rush out uh, and buy bonds um, if you're concerned about a, if you're concerned right now, um, it should still be, you know, a, you should still be looking at owning bonds as part of a, a long-term um, decision. You know, it shouldn't just be an, emo- an emotional reaction. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, if, like I said, if you wanted to own some ultra short-term bonds as a kind of a, a, a passive holding, um, that makes sense. But you know, it just comes back to having a strategy uh, and, and following it. Um, and bonds can really be part of that diversified strategy.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. I I think that I I tend to agree with you because I I think a lot of people, you know, they're looking for a short term bandaid. But really, yeah, it should be more of your it it should be included in your strategy shouldn't just be uh, just because of the market environment. Now it should be, you know, you have a plan and then you stick with it. So that I I like that advice. I, I tend to agree. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you making the time to chat with me today. And uh, I just want to remind members that they can view the latest issue of the uh, July AAI Journal by visiting AAI.com journal. And uh, yeah, thanks so much, Matt. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.
0: Thanks, Jenna. You too.
1: Thanks. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. I want to thank Matt Bachkowski for making time to chat with me today about his article. In times of market volatility, it's crucial to have a diversified portfolio. Short-term, as well as other types of bond funds, help investors balance the risks of stock funds in their portfolios. This is especially helpful as investors shift their portfolios toward a more conservative allocation when approaching goals such as retirement. As a disclaimer, AAII recommends investors conduct proper due diligence and research before investing in any type of security. If you're looking for more information about income investing, we have an online community that is available to all AAII members where hundreds of people are discussing topics about the best types of bonds to invest in, resources to find bond funds for your portfolio, fixed income versus equities, and so much more. Visit community.aaii.com to learn more and join the income investing community. And as always, please remember to click the subscribe button if you'd like to be alerted of future I.I. shows. You can always catch a replay of tonight's event on our YouTube channel. And make sure to register for upcoming AAII events and webinars by visiting aaii.com slash webinars. And if you're an investor on the go and want to catch the I.I. show while driving or going on your daily walk, you can now follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and more. Also, members can read Matt's article, as well as so much more, in the July issue of the AAII Journal by visiting aaii.com slash journal. And with that, we wish all of you viewing good health, good fortune, and a great afternoon. Thank you all and happy investing.